When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hear that? That's the sound of someone trying to steal your crypto. Every day, thousands of hackers online are doing the same. That's why Arculus uses air-gapped cold storage technology to protect your assets. Using our keycard and wallet app to form a protective barrier, Arculus insulates you from hackers and puts control of your digital assets back in your hands. Order the first truly air-gapped crypto wallet at GetArculus.com. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, episode number 308. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Forth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media. So how you liking your new role, buddy? Oh, I'm digging it. It's, it's, it's where I belong, man. It's the kind of work that I've, I'm made for, and I missed it. Lots of, lots of high-end, um, enterprise-level clients. Um, I liked what I was doing before. I liked helping the small guy, but um, I feel right at home with this enterprise-level work. It's making me happy. Good, good, good. Glad to hear it. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. You, you have any years were you at the other one? A couple? Like six and a half, almost seven. What? Advanced, really? Yeah, it was a while. Oh my God, time flies. That's yeah. ridiculous. I have no sense of time, obviously. Wow. <laughs> How long have you been with your gig? <laughs> <laughs> 21 almost. No, well, starting my 21st. <laughs> yeah, see, you know the time that's important, see? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so, um, since our last show, uh, the, what do you call it, uh, PubCon has happened. Now, both of us didn't go, but as usual, there's tons and tons of, not- uh, of new intel out there. And uh, I'm not sure if this came from it, but you wanna, you posted here in our notes, uh, SEO ranking factors in 2017. So why don't you lead with that? Um, I would say I'd lead, but I don't remember posting that. I thought you posted it. So I'm going to look at it real quick. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was from my prep last week. We had to cancel. All right. All right. Anyway. Um, so I'll just uh, read here. SEM Rush looked at on-page factors, referring domains and traffic data, then compiled their findings to see which ranking factors appeared to be the most important. Here were some of the findings. 
And uh, this is an article from Search Engine Land, uh, and I don't believe this is by any stretch. And I know it's not uh, in order of importance because the first one is HTTPS, and that's definitely not the leading factor. Um, yeah. But it found that uh, 65% of domains in the top three positions for very high volume keywords are already secure URLs. It's not a huge ranking factor, but uh, it's something to note. Content length was one. Keywords. Oh. Let's, let's go back to we can look at because if you look at this, they, they actually posted a slide share and they have some interesting data in here, like especially tied to HTTPS. The, the, some of the research that came up with is 65% of domains in the top three based on their study were on secure sites. That's actually a pretty significant percentage. If you think about just a couple of years ago, no one was really even thinking about HTTPS. It's right. funny. I thought I just said sixty-five percent of domains in the top three positions are free. <laughs> We're on a roll. It's been a couple of weeks. We're on a roll. We got to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's there's a lot. In fact, but, the only reason I was kind of going quickly is there's, he's not the only slideshow. There was a number of people that did slideshows on this topic. So it's quite a bit of info here. It's a great article. Oh, all right. Yeah. Um, this was from. Uh, well, it's funny they don't mention. They mentioned, oh, it's by Olga and Andrienko uh, from Search Marketing Expo. Yeah, this was this was actually presented at SMX um, Advance, I believe. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, October 25th is when it was posted. Um, interesting. So uh, this is the yeah, SMX East, actually not East. advanced, SEO ranking factors in 2017. What's important and what's not? Uh, so content length, again, was one. Uh, they found that rankings in the top three positions were 45% longer on average than content in the 20th position. And again, all of these things don't have any value unto themselves. They're all part of a whole, right? Uh, that alone doesn't make any difference. You put a whole bunch of words on a page and make it big, but it's not going to rank necessarily. Well, but, but they say longer. They don't really talk about how long this content was. I know there's there was there's another study done every year by Search Metrics that comes out December, so it's going to be coming up here pretty soon. They they actually count how many words. And I think last year it was like over 1,200 words um, was the average on the first page of Google. So... Interesting. Okay, yeah, I, know, I always enjoy theirs, so I'm sure we'll be covering that when it comes out. Um, so keywords, 35% uh, of domains ranking for high-volume keywords don't have the keyword in the title. This suggests that Google's algorithms are better at understanding context or synonyms and or that keywords in the page title are becoming a less important ranking factor. Um, and I would say that that is an intriguing concept, but you know, they're looking for high-volume phrases, and a lot of those are brands. Right. Um, and I think brands can get rankings without some of these basic SEO elements in place. But it actually kind of makes sense because there, there were studies, I think Brand or Moz did a study a while back, a year or two ago, talking about the significance of the title, not the title tag, but the H1 tag. And H1 has lost a significant amount of importance mm -hmm. um, since we started doing this stuff. H1 was like one of the key things you had to deal with. Yeah. Now it's about as important as an alt attribute on an image. Yeah. Yeah. And some think not even that. Right. Uh, yeah. No, it's true. But, you know, in, in, in this case, um, and now you're dealing in the enterprise. So I get that. That's a different thing, a little beast. But I mean, when we're doing um, optimization and we're dealing with the small business, we need to make sure that title tag is clear. I mean, we're not going to make it mm -hmm. spam. I mean, it's it, but we try to include a very 
key term in it that uh, encompasses the page. Uh, and we see that that makes an impact. I mean, in terms of, uh, again, uh, that's just our instincts based on what we see. We don't do these big tests, but uh, I don't know. I, I do think that this is probably heavily weighted on brand as well. Yeah, and I do think 35% is a significant number to mm -hmm. not have the key phrase in the title. That's that's a lot different than it was in the past you know, few years. Very true. Um, very few links contain a keyword in the anchor text. In fact, even among very high-volume keywords, only 8% of link actor, link, link actor, ah, geez, anchors <laughs> included a keyword. <laughs> Good gravy. It is uh, late in the week. Okay. Um, <laughs> You can do. You can tell it's been a couple of weeks since we've done a show. That's yes, all I can say. That's right. And I, I haven't spoken since then, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Your wife's still not talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only person I can talk to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you never call, so I don't. Yeah, I'm just quiet. Um, <laughs> website traffic. Actually, my daughter does all the speaking I could ever need. Oh God. Um, our SEM Rush exclusively studied websites' traffic impact on rankings. They found that the number of visits matters for high volume keywords. Interestingly, search traffic specifically did not appear to have any impact on rankings. However, direct traffic does. Hmm. That That's is interesting. Very interesting. I'd like to see the data behind that. Yeah. Um, hmm. uh, we could go, this is a, this could be a whole show, this whole thing. I, I suggest everyone go check it out. I mean, if, is there anything you want to cover in there, John? Um, particularly high points. I mean, we, it's, uh, they, they talk about a lot of signals that we report on, but we really never attach them back to rankings, things like um, bounce rate and um, pages per visit or pages per session. Those kind of signals, you know, they're important, but th this is the first time I've really seen them kind of tied back to rankings, which is an interesting read as well. Mm -hmm. um, they were talking about site speed. Um, a long-standing ranking factor, uh, caching, combining your external files, managing your tags, image optimization, all the elements that you need to consider. And that if you're going to switch to HTTPS, you have to consider the fact that it's going to slow things down a bit, just naturally. Um, so try and make up for that. Um, I should note that uh, now this is not meant to be an advertisement, but I just did a switch to WP Engine for one of my clients. I got to say, I was impressed. This client is a gallery, um, uh, gallery in, in Obey here, the Avenue Gallery in Victoria, and it had it has got a lot of content on it because it's gallery, right? It's a lot of photos. It's like sure. a one second load time now. Nice. I was out, I'm blown out of the water. Like are, so night and are, day. Are they using a content delivery network, a CDN, or are they doing it straight from the site? Yeah, they recommend Cloudflare, Flare, so everything's done through okay. Cloudflare. Good. Um, yeah, and of course, WP Engine is meant for WordPress, so everything is highly optimized. I'm very impressed. I, I don't, I don't have enough experience to say they're the best, but anyway, I, I just wanted to say that that was uh, pretty impressive, and they switched to HTTPS and everything. So, yeah. well, yeah. one of the things I did see in this report that it's, it's nice to have some validation on is we we always talk about referring domains, the number of referring domains in your backlink profile, and they point out that the first position had almost twice as many referring domains um, on the as the tenth position on pages, so th so that's that's really interesting. To, to you know, a diverse set of backlinks from different sites seems to make a, a big difference. And that's the key there. For anyone who doesn't understand what we're talking about there, what John just said, a diverse set of links from different sites. That's what we mean by um, 
individual like a, a domains. Uh, I get that question a lot when I put that out there. Clients are, what are you talking about? Um, yeah, definitely a different animal, my client, than yours. There. <laughs> mm-hmm. John. Yeah. Anyways, um, I actually get, I actually kind of enjoy ex- explaining all those things. Uh, there's a lot to our industry. We don't even realize we're saying anymore and just get so used to it. Um, okay. Let's uh, take a quick break. When we come back, we've got some uh, another piece on some uh, studies that were done on Google Posts, and then some Eish files and Mueller files. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Book lovers and hundreds of compelling contemporary authors are heading to Miami for the 34th annual Miami Book Fair, Friday, November 17th through Sunday, November 19th. See in person amazing authors, including Vice President Joe Biden, Senator Al Franken, Russell Banks, Michael Eric Dyson, Armistead Malpin, Angela J. Davis, Scott Turo, Walter Isaacson, and many more. The 34th annual Miami Book Fair. For more information, visit MiamiBookFair.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. Do Google Posts impact rankings? A case study by the lovely Joy Hawkins, who we had on our last show. I hope everyone enjoyed that, by the way. It was, I loved it. I love having Joy on. We had a good time. and She's awesome. Stuff. Sorry, uh, sorry, sorry, I missed getting to talk with her. Yeah, me too. No, you, you would have really enjoyed it. It was a great show. Um, so Google Posts are something you can add to your Google My Business profile. This is specifically for local businesses. Um, what they are essentially is uh, you can add what's happening uh, in your area, uh, in, sorry, in your business. Um, it could be a, an event, if you wish, which you can po- post ahead of time. Um, it can also be sales. It can be um, generally it's sales, but it could also be a, a new products have come in. Anything along those lines. Now, they tend to, to cycle off within seven days. So um, the, you've got to be keep in mind that that's what happens. But Is but, it seven now? Didn't it used to be um, like three or four? They've increased it to seven? Oh, sorry. Oh. I thought you said seven last time I was going by that. That's my poor memory here. Um, it, it I, could be you corrected too. me and I thought it was uh, 
anyways, three or four makes more sense, frankly. Um, yeah. Yeah. So pardon, pardon me there. Um, now, what Joy did here, she wanted to see whether or not Google Posts had any impact on rankings. So she did some marketing for a, a church, a local church, where she had put in posts. Now, it's a very low competition space. Uh, so she could more likely than not see uh, if it would have had an effect. And she did. She saw some effect. The, 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 the quick answer here is that she did see some. Um, and her conclusion says, uh, based on what we're seeing for this case and others we're testing, I think Google Posts do have a mild impact on ranking. These tests were purposely done in non-competitive industries, so it might not be enough to produce movement in some scenarios. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and another thing too, when uh, um, Mike Blumenthal talked about this in his latest podcast, he was saying too that I mean, it, these posts didn't just sit there; they had been posts that had some activity. Um, so there has to be some. Uh -huh some insight that those posts have value as well gotcha so engagement on the post seems to make a difference is what you're saying yeah better word much better yeah okay <laughs> eish files so gary was uh at uh, pubcon and was the seemed to be the main event uh lots of stuff around him uh, one of them was about structured data now structured data is what we typically call schema markup um, he says uh, structured data helps Google understand and rank web pages better. Now he said this because um, he he has said that they've made some changes and to the page to Google in, in terms of understanding what the page is about. Now we before we knew that schema had that sort of impact. He's saying that you should go outside the realm of what developers.google.com suggests you do. But try to mark up other stuff.org, some of the stuff from schema.org, and it may have some benefits more context. And I think the critical piece here to, to, to take out of that is uh, structured data helps Google understand and rank web pages better, not necessarily. So I don't think that, that, that structured data is going to improve your so to speak, just because you added it. However, if you add it and then Google can understand that content better than they did before, it might, you know, correlate to, okay, now we understand what you're doing. So now we're going to give you better rankings because we understand it better. It doesn't necessarily mean the schema itself is what gave you the rankings. It's the, the better understanding of the content that Google now has that gave you better rankings. Yeah. Well put. Yeah. So I think it, it's it's intriguing to see. I think that uh, it's nice to get that sort of insight from Gary. Um, schema is a bit of a a rabbit hole. There's a lot there. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, there is. <laughs> so and I would be careful. And it's only growing. Yeah, yeah. So I would be careful of what you do and don't put in there. Um, just again, make sure that you're not overdoing it, because um, you can get a manual action penalty from Google if you go over overboard with schema. Now that only uh, impacts any schema, uh, the the benefits of the schema it doesn't impact you not showing up all in, at all in search. It's not a search penalty, and, and that's in that perspective, it's just for schema. But still, you don't want to have it. <laughs> yeah. So just be careful. Yeah, any penalty you can avoid, avoid. <laughs> yeah, and as a nice little segue, uh, the next next bit here is about manual actions. It says Google, if you don't have manual action, you don't need to submit a disavow. Uh, again, this is from Gary. Uh, ish, and it's uh, so a long a, a long time ago, not too far away. Um, 
the search engines required us or, or suggested strongly that if we had any suspicion that we had bad links to either remove them and if we couldn't <laughs> remove them, disavow them. Yep. And now they're stating that uh, <laughs> this doesn't have to be done unless you've got a manual action. Well, it's, it's interesting, too, because a while back when this came up, and because there were, there were some changes in the way Penguin worked, and people were, were like, do we have to do disavow files anymore if you guys are just ignoring bad links? And John Mueller the one that very specifically said, yes, if you think there's an issue, you're not sure, go ahead and do a disavow. Now, Gary's saying, nope, you don't have to unless you have a manual action. So I'm wondering personally how much of this is the two different um, personalities at Google having two different opinions on how it works. Well, they're saying it's because it's Penguin 4.0 that it's more set to just ignore. Um, well, how do they put it here? Uh there was a specific component of the article, and this is, by the way, I should give credit, is on Search Engine Roundtable. Barry did a good job there, November 10th. Uh, and uh, it's very it's interesting. It's it's always neat to see what changes have come around. Now, we've been saying, I should say, uh, I've been ranting since it first happened, this penguin crap, that they needed to just ignore links versus penalize people. Um, so it's kind of nice that they're well, switching around. Somewhat. Well, I, I know I, I'm reading the article where you say it, and it's the the Penguin 4.0 is the same time that John said what he said about this, right? Because of the because of the fact that they devalue links um, instead of demoting them, right? right? That's what I was looking for. Devalues and no longer demotes. Yeah. Right. So so that's when the conversation came out, and John Mueller said, you know, hey, if there's a question, you're not sure, it doesn't hurt to go ahead and disavow, and now. And now Gary's saying kind of the opposite. So it's it's one of those things where you kind of have to decide which one of those guys you like better. <laughs> or if yeah. you just want to be if you just want to be safe, I don't think it would hurt to disavow one. They're not gonna like get mad at you because you disavowed something. Uh, no, I the only thing I would think of is that well, we're doing a lot of HTTPS transitions right now. If your disavow is out there and it's using your non-HTTPS version, you might want to go there and update it with your HTTPS. Uh, I know this is total Greek to many, but uh, if you know what I mean, then you'll know that that's important. Um, I won't get into that, but it's, uh, it, you know, you don't want to leave anything out there that's not consistent with your new site structure. So, simply no. Or URL structure, I should say. Um, now, the Mueller files. <laughs> switch to switch to our other favorite Google uh, personality. By the well, way, we've had John just, on the show before. He's great. Yeah. I, I really but, by the way, it, it really strikes me as odd that that, and this is totally totally off topic right now, but I'm going to get into politics <laughs> just briefly uh -oh, because dear. because you know Google and Facebook and Twitter all went in front of Congress in the United States to talk about things. Do they know? that Matt Cutts is now active head of one of their digital security agencies and he used to work for Google and they could probably just go to him and get all the answers they need. I'm just curious if they've anybody's made that connection outside of the people in our industry. Just, all right, carry on. That's a good That's point. Just, I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Yeah, you're right. Um, huh, interesting. Okay, so uh, Google, few strong pages, many weak ones. Take it away, Johnny. I haven't uh, read this one. You missed the key point. Few strong pages is greater than many weak Thank ones. You. Right? So the idea that, you know, um, there was a question on Twitter that John answered. Someone was asking about, um, you know, what's 
uh, let me get to the question so I could be more specific about what they asked. Um, they were asking, basically, we can do keyword cannibalization on a few pages, and all or some of them will be ranked if they are relevant to the topic. And John Big basically came back and his snarky little self said, you can do a lot of things, but that doesn't make it good. <laughs> Which I thought was a perfect answer. Um, but he but he, but he, he goes on to, to finish by saying, often a few strong pages is greater than many weak ones. Which means if you've got 100 pages on your site, um, two sites with 100 pages, and one has three or four really, really strong pages, and the other one just has all weak pages, that makes a difference, right? If you only have a site with 10 pages and they're all strong, you're going to be better than a site with a thousand pages that are all weak. And, and it just it just goes back to that. To me, it goes back to Panda years ago when they made that switch and said, okay, if you have low quality pages on your site and the, the larger percentage of those you had, the more it's going to impact your overall site. So you know, there's there's something to be said for getting rid of low quality pages on your site overall, and just having a smaller site with strong pages than a large site that has some strong pages and a bunch of other pages that are really weak. There you go. Good. All right, let's take a quick break. We come back. We have one more Mueller Fox questions before we end the show. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. All of your favorite webmasterradio.fm programs on air and on demand 24-7. Find our shows on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and anywhere you download your podcasts. Add some podcasts to your playlist as part of a better profit margin. More refreshing talk radio on air and on demand 24-7. Only on webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. All right, you got this one too. I haven't read this one. Oh, yeah. So, so again, the John Mueller um, answering questions on Twitter, which he does a lot actually. So, if, if you have questions, you know, tag him. There's a chance he'll get back to you on them. Um, but someone was asking about: um, Does a link found in JavaScript pass all the link signals? And basically, it's yes. If they actually find a link in the JavaScript somewhere, it will pass all the signals. The trick is getting them found. Um, but there's been a lot of discussion over the years about if links found in JavaScript are treated the same as links um, that are clean in HTML. And the definitive answer is yes, they pull, they, they pass full signals if they're found. But that if they're found piece is critical there because JavaScript, Google's gotten much, much better at crawling JavaScript, but there's still like, 
you know, Ajax is based on a lot of JavaScript. It's hard to find links in Ajax. Um, some of the uh, different types of newer JavaScript frameworks can get kind of dicey. So the, the trick is there. If they can find the link, yes, it'll pass all of its link value. Um, but getting it found can be tricky. There you go. All right. Community questions. One of them is a follow-up. Um, Constantine Kostachuk uh, had put a, uh, one out a while ago, which we answered on the show. Um, uh, how do I do this? Um, he's essentially merging two websites, an English site and a French site, um, and was having problems with Google accepting the redirects. Um, would that be a fair summary? I think so. Anyway. I think so. Yeah, so in this case, he's asked John, uh, you mentioned the show that I can upload a sitemap with redirects to speed up indexing. Are you talking about uploading a sitemap to the old property? Um, and, and I'm just making sure I understand. So you would want sitemap to be on the current property where it's being crawled, um, even though... Well, that's because he has multiple domains. So I guess that you would need it on the old sitemap from the old domain. So yeah. that's where it's tricky understanding the different domain structure. If if the if the redirects are based on the old domain, you would need that sitemap in the old domain to push it through. Um, depending on what the current situation is with the search console on that domain, um, it could have an impact. I, I just can't remember how far along you are or were with the transition. Um, but yeah, if you can do it on the old domain with the old, with the someone requests a, a page that's redirecting, you want the, the that page in the sitemap of the old domain will actually get it crawled faster and have those redirects potentially um, be uh, understood and acted upon by the engines quicker. Yeah. So uh, for layman's out there, essentially what we're, I guess the an analogy for this is um, instead of waiting for people to find out that you've moved your home, um, sending out a, uh, a list of letters to them so they all know. I mean, a very simple way to put it, but you're, you're, you're giving Google a, a clear picture that you've, you've moved your domain and uh, by asking them to look. Otherwise, they yeah. only have to find it logically and naturally, and that does take time. To to extend your analogy, which is actually a good one, I don't know if you have this in the Canadian Postal Service, but we have a change of address card we can send to the post office. So if you don't do that, your mail comes and it just sits in the mailbox or the person that now lives in your old house sends it back and says, no, they don't live here anymore. That's a redirect. If you send the post office a change of address card, which would be your uh, XML file, you can tell them ahead of time, no, no, I've moved here and they never send it to the old place to begin with. They automatically send it to the new one. There you go. Although I argue the first one's more of a 404. <laughs> but, okay. No, no, because someone else lives in there now. 404. Yeah, but it's not them. <laughs> the 404 would be, it means you, the postman shows up and the house is gone. <laughs> oh, God, we're geeks. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Constantine, I hope you got something out of that. So, yes. Uh, the next question is from Brian Reich. Uh, Reich, I'm sorry. I don't know how to say it. I think it's Reich. Um, he says, what uh, – this is a very long question, and and, and uh, no problem, Brian. I mean, you know, we always appreciate some context. But we are going to try and paraphrase it for the benefit of the show. Essentially, what do you do when an online store doesn't sell because your boss isn't listening and is overly sensitive to constructive feedback and suggestions? <laughs> I hope you, that makes you laugh because really that's what it seemed like you were saying. 
Um, what do you do if your bo- your boss just doesn't listen and is too sensitive? Well, uh, Scott John was hoping it was a client. You could just fire them. You can't really <laughs> fire the boss. <laughs> you can't fire the boss normally. I would now. I've seen this happen before. In fact, I've seen articles about how you influence. You might want to look this up. Actually, uh, I haven't seen one in a while, but I know they're out there. How to influence your boss to make changes. Um, from in a marketing perspective, uh, to get out of their stuck spot. Uh, there's a lot on there, actually. It was some very interesting stuff, mostly meant for enterprise. Uh, how about you, John? Have you been in this position? You're probably more so than I, I have. I actually did a presentation at SMX East a few years ago on enterprise search. And the main crux of the entire presentation was that as an SEO, you're not going to be very effective as an SEO if you can't convince the other team organization to act on your recommendations, right? So so that's a, that's a critical piece of being an effective SEO is getting the other people in your organization to act on what you've discovered. Um, the boss being the most important one, right? And so some of the things for like the tech team, you take them donuts, you know, buy a beer, that kind of stuff, that doesn't really work with the boss. What works with the boss is data. If you can really show empirical data about if we do this, this is what's going to happen. Um, and this is how those numbers impact our business. That's the kind of conversation you have to have. You can't just go in and say, hey, we need to add all new title tags because that's the right thing to do. You got to make them understand why they take the time and spend the resources to, to take your recommendations and how it's going to impact business. Um, you can't just rely on, hey, I know what I'm talking about because I'm the SEO guy. You have to show them that there's a business impact to the work that you're suggesting because it's a, it's an investment. It's either an investment in an in employee's time. It's an investment in money. The the boss is making a business decision, not a marketing decision. So you got to approach it from a business perspective and show them the data. Yeah, and and in Brian's uh, defense here of sorts, it, I think he's actually been probably to a degree anyway quite uh, careful trying to get that point across, and and it's probably been quite strategic about it. But we're dealing with a person, an owner, who <laughs> just believes if I have a website, sales will come. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> pretty hard to defeat that when, you know, they're just stuck on that. He's even provide, tried to pr- provide some feedback um, and on, on the writing he's giving because it doesn't seem to be getting across what the boss wants to get across. And then the boss gets insulted because of the feedback. Oh, boy. Uh <laughs> Is is the uh, remember Google had that thing up for a while that was um, talks about the change in the way people shop. What was that called? Um, and it, it, it added that extra step of people doing research ahead of time. Sounds like his boss needs to read that. Man, I need to remember the name of that. What yeah, was it if called? You, do, you should post it on there. I can't remember. Uh, is it one of the think Google think with Google things? It might have been. Yeah, I have to find that because basically it talked about how um, commerce has changed because of the internet. And there used to be, you know, people would have certain steps they would take before they purchased a product. Now there's another step where they go in and they do the online research and they have they find the information. Um, and oh man, I wish it's, it's on the tip of my tongue. The name I'm of this. I'm pretty sure it's in the thinkwithgoogle.com. Yeah. Site. But 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 have him read that, and if he doesn't believe Google, then there's no help in him. I mean, not that we always believe Google either, but from a Google's really good about talking to small business and helping them understand why what they do is important. 
Um, and if he just if he just can't accept it from the horse's mouth, then I don't know what they're, you know. Well, the other the other tact I would take is he's obviously got an ego. I would work off that, and I would try and find competitors that have case studies done on them. And look at that and then prove that those case studies are, are as much as best you can, are effective. And if not, create a, or if you can also try and create a few, get a few of them. And, and just say, you know, this is what your, our competitors are doing. They're killing us. And they're, it's because they're the very least doing this. I'm not saying you have to do everything they've said they've done, but we have to advance. Otherwise, you know, and that's true about anything. You have to stay ahead of the curve. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't want to fall behind. And he's obviously falling behind here and pretty desperately. Uh, Brian, I feel for you, man. I, I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's not a good place to be in. No. Uh, especially when you know, there's pressure on you to provide results. <laughs> you can't do what you want to do. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah, win-win, I, it sounds like, eh? Uh, <laughs> anyway, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Forth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, Thank you for joining us today. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Monday on webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit stairsapp.com today.